Hey, amateur, you forgot to do the install intro. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is Chris Davis, and not joining me is the Soccer Goose. Mine and Ben's schedules are pretty crazy, so for this episode and the next one, I'll be doing the intro and the interviews with our guest, and then uh, if we can, Ben's going to join me to just talk about anything crazy that might have happened uh, in, on the field itself, considering we actually have a few games to talk about now, as well as bring you your BGN Podcast of the Week, which, you know, we have a lot of fun doing. But uh, this week I have uh, an awesome guest, uh, Mr. Ryan Kelly of uh, Asheville City. We talk about the academy that they're starting, the um, you know the success they've had on the field, both the men's and the women's side, last year, and uh, what they plan on doing going forward with that. So without further ado, here's Ryan Kelly. And joining me now is Asheville City President is uh, Ryan Kelly. How's it going, Ryan? Good. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Appreciate you coming back on the podcast. And uh, one of the reasons that we have you guys on so often and why you guys are, you know, honestly one of my favorite clubs uh, in the area is because you guys seem to do things a bit differently up there and you guys seem to do a lot of uh, innovative things. So I want to talk about a couple things you guys got up to last year before we talk about what you're doing this year. The first of which is the women's team. You guys aren't the only club we follow who run one, but. What we've liked about your approach is you seem to treat the team on social media, on your website, you know, on the same level with the men's team. They both play for the same city and club. I was wanting to know how intentional was that, and do you feel like it contributed to the team's success on and off the field last year? Well, I I think it's very intentional. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that we take very seriously. And, uh, I mean, the reason we do that is simply because we think that's, uh, we think that's the path to success. Um, mm-hmm. We think that, you know, it, it's a, our approach is unconventional, really, at, at any level uh, for the women's game. And uh, we think that, you know, that's kind of contributed to um, a lot of clubs failing and a lot of leagues failing, honestly. Um, mm. We just felt that, um, you know, why why give people a a reason to treat this differently when really – it's it's the exact same. You know, I think that mm-hmm. um, when people come to a Nashville City game, you know, the game day experience is the same across the board. Um, you know, a lot of times we don't even mention if it's a men's or women's game aside from the schedule. And I think a lot of our fans, honestly, don't know either until until they come to our team. Right. Um, you know, for I, I think that our our supporters see us as Nashville City and don't really. Um, make that separation. So, you know, why would we put that in place? Um, you know, all of our sponsorships are club wide. We don't allow people to sponsor just the men's team or the women's team. It's, you know, you sponsor Asheville city. Um, Mm -hmm. so it has, it has been really intentional. And I I think it's just for us, you know, when, when we decided to, to branch out, uh, and expand to the women's game, you know, we wanted to be, you know, really honest about that. And that's why we brought on additional partners to do that so that we had, you know, mm-hmm. built in credibility and having Stacy, Lydia and Megan join us. I think, I mean, really that's the driving force behind the success of the women's team is, is their presence. Um, right. 
you know, I, I think having a women's team run by a bunch of men is, is, uh, not necessarily the best recipe for success. So, um, you know, they, they have lived these experiences and, and they know, they know what it takes uh, to be the best. And, and that's what, what, what they bring to us as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, the results that speak for themselves, they were like, correct me if I'm wrong. They lost one game all year. And yeah, I think their attendance was the highest of any team that wasn't in the NWSL in America. Correct. Yes, that's right. Um, so we, we like to say that we're a top 10 market in the United States for attendance. Um, which we're, we're very proud of. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely something to be proud of. Uh, and um, for, like you said, the atmosphere, at least, you know, from streaming from Charlotte here, I couldn't tell a difference. And this year I'm pretty excited to uh, actually come up to a women's game and uh, check it out and, you know, be able to see it firsthand. Um, so uh, with that said, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit to another thing you did actually last fall. Uh, which you mentioned to me, the Let's Play initiative. I was wanting to know how exactly uh, did that work out, and do you plan on doing something similar this year? Yeah, it's actually the Just Play initiative. Um, oh, and okay. No, it, it's all good, and uh, we it, it, it's a continuous thing. It's it's, it's part of the, the fabric of our club, so it's really not a one time a one time thing. Um, now, one of the one of the main pillars of that is you know donating a soccer ball to um, an underserved youth for every season ticket that we sell. And that, that is ongoing. We have um, new partners that have allowed us to do that in Lloyd soccer out of Greenville. They've, they've been great partners of ours. Uh, and the balls this year are, are co-branded with our logo, which we're really excited about. Um, and, you know, the way we distribute those, it, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, variation, you know, our, another, another tenant of um, just play is, you know, getting our players out into the community so that kids can see players that, you know, look like them, men, women, um, you know, different races, different uh, nationalities. Um, so a lot of times we'll take those balls to community centers and, and kind of have a combination of our, our players playing with the kids and the kids receiving balls. And um, this year we're starting a program we're calling the Golden Ticket Program, where we'll, we're donating tickets to um, – local elementary schools, uh, Asheville city schools. Um, and those tickets are redeemable for free entry for a child and their parent. Um, we're also donating, um, 50 balls to each of those schools as part of the program. Um, so there's, you know, there's lots of different pieces and we kind of, as we, as we come up with new ideas and ways to integrate this, we just kind of, um, fit them within the four pillars of, of just play. Um, one that we have not gotten off the ground yet, which we're disappointed about is the street soccer piece. Um, we were scheduled to have our first street soccer event this fall and the hurricane, uh, washed that away. Uh, and we had a replacement lined up this spring. We had some permitting issues, um, that prevented it. So we're, we're still working on that one. It's definitely a priority for us. Um, uh, we think that, you know, being able to play the game wherever you are, no matter what resources you have is, is really what makes soccer the beautiful game. It's simplicity and wanting to get back to to those roots. Um, and we think that makes it more accessible as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's what I had in my mind when I was asking because I remembered it was supposed to be last fall. And I remember, I, I couldn't remember hearing anything about it and I was curious about it. So, man, that's just some bad luck on with the hurricane and all the permits. Yeah, it was very disappointing. But we're, we're still working on it and uh, we, ha- we have a few ideas in the works. Um, 
and just to be honest, you know, the season coming up is, has taken priority. Um, right. But when we see, we see just play as a way for us to really become more of a year round club as well, because we do play such a short three month season, you know, having that nine month off season is, um, is not great. So we see just play as a way for us and street soccer specifically as a way to be engaged throughout the year. Um, so those, those events are things that will happen. You know, I, I think the fall is, is perfect timing for those kind of events. So, um, that will definitely be something we're looking to do, uh, this fall. Okay, great. That, that, that sounds good. Hopefully we can, uh, see that happen. Cause that was something that definitely captured my imagination last year, specifically with the street soccer. And I'd love to see how that would work, uh, in Asheville. And, sure. um, I don't know. I'm You'd sure I'll hear from you or Tim about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. If, um, you know, once y'all do get something a little more solid, uh, uh, let us know. And if we can come up, I'm sure Ben would love to come up and check it out as well. Sure um, so moving on to this year, you guys made a big announcement. And uh, like we, uh, we we talked with uh, Greenville last week about theirs, but we also wanted to hear about uh, you guys announced that you're going to start an academy. And I was wondering what you could tell me about that. Sure. Yeah, we're really excited. We have tryouts coming up on, on Saturday. Um, hopefully we don't get too much rain on Friday, but, um, this is, this is kind of our, our big, uh, I guess, area of growth for this year is, is adding in the Academy. And, um, I guess, I guess the big piece, you know, what makes us different, um, than a lot of the other efforts out there is that we did decide to do it at no cost to the, the families, um, mm-hmm. and really try to put something out there that is different than the pay to play model. And, um, we just felt that we were in a position where, you know, we, we have, we're in a position where we can go out and get partnerships to make this happen. Um, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite, one of my favorite things about, you know, how we're funding it is, you know, through the, the sale of, of beer wristbands at our games. Um, it's a really, I think it's a cool way for our supporters to directly develop the next, uh, the next generation of, of local talent. Um, so each, in, in the past wristbands that our games have, have been free, or we've had a few games where we've taken donations for specific causes uh, like Pride Night um, or Memorial Day or, or something like that. Uh, this year, we're, we're going to charge a dollar for each wristband, and all of that money will go to, to fund the academy. Hmm. Um, and we thought one of, the, one of the biggest parts about the academy is we didn't want it to be just, you know, more youth soccer programming because that exists here and it exists at a high level here. We wanted to, we wanted to ask ourselves, what do we, what do we bring to the table that's unique and that's different? And we think that's, you know, the interaction with our first team players. So the, the focus of the Academy will really be players in high school that are looking to continue their careers and play at the next level, giving them an environment with players that have done that and have those experiences to learn from them and really have a mentor relationship. You know, if this is something you want to take seriously and do at the next level, this is, this is the roadmap. This is what it takes and learn directly from those players. So that's, um, that's kind of the flavor of, of what we have in mind. You know, it's Mm -hmm. your one. So um, just like everything else we do uh, it's an experiment and we'll take, we'll take what works and expand on it and and learn from what doesn't work and, and make adjustments. Okay. Uh, do you know roughly how many um, players in the academy you guys are aiming to have? Yes. So it'll be 30 boys and 30 girls, uh, wow. which, which is really a, a, a big part of it for us also in that prior to this year, you know, our teams incorporated 
you know, the best adult players locally and the best youth players locally and combine that with the college players that we bring into town. Mm-hmm. But we were kind of limited to a handful of the very best players. So we had, you know, three to five boys and girls on the first teams. Mm. This move really allows us to really expand that and get more kids involved sooner, um, which we think will be a great benefit. And, and, you know, there's another benefit, you know, for the first team as well in that um, the level on the first team will be a little more, um, I guess, at the same level. We won't, there won't be such a gap. Um, mm. You know, we plan on calling players from the academy into the first teams, but um, only when they're, you know, fully prepared to contribute and compete for playing time. Um, So we we see this as a benefit to the first team environment and obviously to to getting more kids involved sooner. Wow. That that, that definitely, uh, that definitely sounds interesting and something that they would, um, I mean, that that would be so exciting just the ability to maybe work your way up to play for Asheville, you know, the same year you're in the academy. That's, that sounds really cool. And you guys are being able to offer it at no cost. That definitely is something that's unique. Uh, I, I just, I found it interesting and I almost wondered if there was a little connection, but I, I didn't think necessarily there was that you guys are doing high school age and Greenville's doing like, I believe it was six to 12 or six to 13 or something like that. Right. That just seemed to almost fit yeah. perfectly. Like the Greenville kids might eventually come up to Asheville or something down the road, but I don't know that that would work out. I'm sure they probably have plans to expand. Uh, hopefully that their Academy, you know, grows and yours does as well. And, you guys will be able to expand beyond that and um, as will they. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's, um, that's an interesting approach as well. And I think it's important that, you know, each club does what makes sense for them right now, like what they're trying to develop, you know, because Mm -hmm. our, our expansion was really purpose driven. It met a need that we had right now. Um, You know, for Greenville, I think, you know, starting, starting with the younger ages, you know, makes sense too, because you kind of let those kids grow up. It's, it's like, there's not a forced expansion. You're not like saying, okay, we're expanding to older ages. As those kids grow up, you're naturally expanding. So you'll mm-hmm. have a full, you know, young kids all the way through high school system in a few short years. So that's an interesting approach as well. Um, and something that we see a lot of merit in. And we're certainly, um, you know, very happy to see a club like Greenville, which we, which we respect. Um, making a move like that and providing it at, at no cost as well, I believe. Yeah, 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 they are. They're, um, I think that's just a beautiful thing. Like, I think you guys announced and they, they announced right after, and I was like, of course the Carolina NPSL guys are the ones doing the cool stuff like this. Uh, we're, we're very excited to see where it goes and hope that it will be able to grow even better and help your communities. But um, let's see. Thanks, thanks for mentioning that we came first. Also, I, I, <laughs> well, I, I I just noticed it because that that's what made me. Um, I mean, obviously, I follow you both, but like I noticed you guys when you announced the high school thing, and they announced the um, the younger ages, and it just it fit too well together. I'm like, are they working together? I didn't know if this was like some sort of thing or not at first, and then you know talking to you both, realized no, it's just you guys came to these things independently and. You know, you guys have your vision, yep. they have theirs, and, you know, I'm sure I'll overlap at some point. And uh, it's just, like you said, interesting different approaches. Sure. So um, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on the Founders Cup that some of the NPSL teams will be competing in after the season. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're, we're really excited to, uh, to see how that, how that develops. You know, a lot of clubs that we have a lot of respect for are part of that Um 
you know, most specifically Chattanooga. Um, we think that, um, we think it, we think it's a, it's a, it's a good step in the right direction. And mm-hmm. it's for, for us, we, our stadium situation really kind of, um, it just prevents us from making a jump like that at this mm-hmm. time. So we have this, you know, we're, we're going into a stadium renovation and in, in the near future. Um, and we, we just feel that for us personally, it makes a lot of sense to explore those opportunities following, um, the stadium renovation, you know, come into a new facility that can handle, you know, an expanded schedule. Um, we just, we, we think that aligns nicely for our, for where we want to be. Um, and we get to kind of see this, this really interesting soccer landscape play out. You know, I think there's, you know, obviously the situation in Chattanooga is, um, is very interesting, you know, same for Greenville. Um, the soccer landscape is always, is always evolving and always changing and we feel good about where we're at and we get to kind of um, see how this plays out as, as we work on our stadium situation and, and see, you know, the, the direction that the soccer pyramid at, at our level moves over the next couple of years. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And you kind of uh, went into two other questions I wanted to ask you. I'm wondering which one to go with first. I'm going to go with the, um, uh, the one about you guys maybe eventually looking at the Founders Cup. Uh, that's something I did want to ask because the success you guys have had so far, uh, you know, on and off the field and uh, honestly with both your men and women's team, uh, we were curious if you guys were looking to push uh, to go pro in the future or focus more on development. And uh, it sounds like at least on the men's side, you guys may eventually look at Founders Cup in the future, you know, if things line up uh, properly. I was wondering the same was true for the women's side. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, it's not, we don't have this, we don't have this urge to, to move up just to move up. Mm-hmm. Um, we want, we want to do what's best for, for Asheville. We want, we want to serve this community and, and do what's best. And if at the, at the right time, we feel that is, you know, moving up and playing an expanded schedule and going full pro, then we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want to do it just for the sake of, of being pro we we love what we do right now because we do feel we are a perfect fit for our community and that we are serving the soccer community here um on the women's side it's the exact same i think Mm -hmm. the difference is on the women's side there would just have to be more development in place and that's something that we're seeing at the level we're at right now honestly yeah um the you know the game that you know i think that um you're looking to attend on may 18th we still have listed as to be announced and that's because we're still working on on getting that game you know mm. and on the women's side right now we've really we've struggled to build a schedule of teams that um are like-minded and do what we do um and you know the men's side has this as well you know in, in the npsl there's a wide range of clubs that do very different things you know you have detroit and chattanooga um you know i think ourselves and greenville are starting to get into that conversation and then you have other clubs that that aren't looking to, you know, fill stadiums at all. They're strictly developmental. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, that's part of, I think that's part of the beauty of the MPSL is it allows clubs to do their own thing and, and be yourself. Um, on, in the WPSL, you know, you, we, you have those clubs as well. You know, we're, we're hosting Columbus on opening weekend, which is a, a like-minded club that does a great job. 
Um, Tulsa, obviously, you know, they were kind of our rivals last year going back and forth with attendance records. So those clubs are there. There's just not, not as many. So it's harder for us to, um, to build a schedule um, with like-minded teams. And in order to make that, that move, you know, for, for there to be a true, I guess, division two pro pro league for the women, um, you just, you need more, you need more clubs to, to make that step. Um, you know, I think Charlotte Eagles, that, that was one of our best games last year and they've joined our conference this year, which we're really excited about. We think that's a, a pretty natural rivalry that will develop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that, that's kind of a, a long answer. The short answer is, no. is yes, definitely. Um, and we want to be a part of that development and, and creating more opportunities and, and bringing in more markets that, that you know, are looking to, to push the envelope on what's possible and, and maybe even create that next division. Yeah, uh, that all sounds good. No, long answers are definitely appreciated because this stuff is more complicated than simply yes or no. Like, I mean, you could ask someone, you know, do, do you want Pro-Rail? And they're like, yeah, but then you have to go into all the details of, sure. you know, why it isn't like it and stuff like that. So uh, we, we know nothing's simple here, uh, but uh, it's just very encouraging to see all the things you guys are doing in Nashville. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun to watch from over here. And um I mean, it's the reason why I try to come up at least once every year because it's just it's a fun place and you know, good folks, good beer. You know, it's a good time. But um, before I let you go, I did want to ask you since you brought it up, the um, Memorial Stadium. I think the first time I talked with you, uh, you you mentioned that like the bill had just gotten passed for the renovations to to happen. And uh, people in Charlotte who listen to this, they know all about renovations at a place called Memorial Stadium. I was curious, uh, is there right. any progress with that? Like. Uh, any plans on when it might start and things of that nature? Yeah, I feel like every time I'm asked this question, I, I give an answer about three months from now, and I just, it, you know, it's just like a moving moving <laughs> goalpost, moving target. Um, so, you know, latest we've heard is that we'll see um, design conception around May, so mm. coming up. Um, now, you know, we, we're one of many users of Memorial Stadium, and we work cooperatively with, all of the uses of the space to, to make what we do possible. Um, now Memorial stadium is also, it's owned by the city of Asheville. We lease it. Um, it's managed by parks and rec. And so really the most interesting thing about this process is, you know, I think parks has a vision for what this space, um, could be and should be. I think that we and the other users of the space have a vision, for, you know, what it could be. And it's really a conversation about, you know, what is, it's, it's an, I think it's a tremendous asset for the city of Asheville. I don't think there are many stadiums anywhere in the country that have such an intimate downtown, truly downtown where you can walk from the city center comfortably to the stadium. You know, it's, 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 it's such a rare thing. And we think that it's, um, it's very valuable. So we're in a conversation right now with the city, with our supporters, you know, really just trying to show what we feel is the highest and best use of this space. And it's going to be a very public process. There'll be public input trying to arrive at, you know, what is the future for a Memorial stadium? And we feel that this season, our third season is really kind of a watershed moment for us to really show, you know, the city of Asheville on the, on the government side, just what the city of Asheville on the public side thinks about us. And just the, understanding the massive amount of, of organic support that we have generated over the last few years. Um, we, we think that 
we think that our place in Memorial Stadium speaks for itself, and this this season will go a long way to sending that message. Well, that definitely sounds good. And I have one last question about Memorial because, honestly, I'm asking for you to clear something up because it confused me when I saw it. Um, Is the baseball team trying to get fans to park on the field during their games? So so the parking situation at Memorial Stadium has – there's just – there's it's just a shortage of parking. There's not enough parking for the events that go on for our games Memorial or the baseball, the tourist games that go on at McCormick field right beside us. Mm -hmm. Um, So over the last few months, you know, there have been conversations around alleviating pressures of parking in certain areas um, and reallocating them to other areas. So unfortunately the city of Asheville has made the decision um, for this season as a temporary measure to use Memorial stadium essentially as a parking lot when the tourists are playing their games. So it's mm-hmm. important to note that because of our proximity to McCormick field, the tourists never play when we play our games and vice versa, just because, you know, for what I said, the logistically and capacity is just not there. Right. Um, so it's not a situation where, you know, cars are in our stadium while we're playing games, but we still feel, we feel that in the last few years, Memorial Stadium has really taken on a new life. Right. You know, that stadium is 100 years old, but it really hasn't seen crowds for what we do and what we bring to the stadium in decades. Right. It's really been a, a rebirth of the facility. And we have a lot of pride in Memorial Stadium. It's, it's our home. And so, you know, we are not, we are not happy with the idea that you know, it's being used essentially as an annex as a parking lot of McCormick field. We think that Memorial stadium, um, should stand on its own and that, um, we just see, we see, I guess, flaws in in the decision-making, you know, part of the reason that cars are now being parked in Memorial stadium is to remove parking that used to take place in a park just North of the stadium called mountainside park. Mm -hmm. Um, and while we agree there should not be parking in mountainside park, um, that was a change we were going to make this season before the city began their process. Um, we don't, we don't really see the logic in, you know, replacing parking in a park and putting it in an adjacent park, which is Memorial stadium, a parks and rec facility. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that is happening and uh, something we're not thrilled about. It is important to note that, you know, we, we do have a, a collaborative relationship with the tourists. We work with them closely on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been, um, we have had direct conversations with them about ways to, you know, if there are going to be cars in the stadium, let's do it this way rather than this way. That would, you know, it would help the situation. Right. Um, so we're very thankful for their efforts uh, in that respect. You know, this is, re- this is something that's being driven by the city and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just, just to be frank, we're, we're, not, we're not happy about it. Yeah, I'm sorry to bring up a sore subject. It just confused me very much when I saw it. I'm like, wait, why would they? But um, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that for me a Join little the bit. Club. Yeah, that. Me too. <laughs> okay, but um, hopefully it is just for this year. And once they actually do the renovations, they're like, well, we can't park a bunch of cars in a newly renovated stadium, surely. Um, but um, wow, yeah, that's that's really bizarre. Um, sorry you're having to deal with that. But everything else that we've talked about seems pretty positive and. Uh, 
definitely really excited to come up there for May 18th to see the women play whoever it is uh, you're going to play and um, check all that out and, you know, hang out with the South Slope Blues. And uh, unfortunately, Ben and I will not be at the Carolina Classico matches, um, but I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with the um, stuff between South Slope Blues and Milltown off the field as long as well as the games on the field. Yeah, we certainly have some unfinished business uh, in that respect. Um, priority for us on the field and off the field. Um, I, I feel like I feel like the Carolina Classico has been upwards of 50% of Greenville FC's social media content for the last <laughs> nine months, and we, uh, we 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 certainly don't want that to be the case for you know the next nine months. Yeah, I feel like they've been rubbing it in a little too much, huh? We let's just, we notice. Let's just, let's just <laughs> I got you. I know what you mean. I've seen that a lot too. A lot of their photos seem to conveniently have that uh, trophy in it. But um, yeah, good luck to you guys this year. Like I said, looking forward to coming up and hanging out in May. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with the Academy. Thank you, man. Can't wait to have you. Thanks again to Ryan Kelly for uh, joining me to talk all things Asheville City. Um, And we thought we'd let you guys know a little bit about the games that happened this weekend with Asheville in particular. So Ben, how yeah. did the women do on Friday night? It was, uh, I, I got to watch the, the more boring part of the game. I'll admit <laughs> I watched uh, 60 minutes mm-hmm. of the match. Uh, unfortunately the one goal that did happen during that time of play, the stream cut out. Oh, so that was, that was unfortunate. Um, but it was, it was still great. Mm-hmm. You, you could kind of tell that both teams had, this was their first game of the season. I assume uh, Columbus Eagles. This was their first. I mean, game of the probably. Season too. I have no idea. Um, which I still it still feels weird to say Columbus Eagles, um, knowing there's another Eagles. There's like three Eagles really, but yeah, there's probably a lot of Eagles. That's true. They're very uh, they're a very popular animal um, mm. for sports teams. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting match. Pretty balanced. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the most polished soccer you'll ever see, but not bad at all either. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to hear uh, Mystery Soccer 3000 again. Yeah, yeah they're their, always fun. Uh, their um, solid statistical analysis. Uh, with My favorite part was uh, when they broke that uh, they were third in throw-ins in the WPSL <laughs> last year. <laughs> because I think I wasn't, I'll admit, I wasn't like fully paying attention in that moment. And then mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> the, <laughs> woman, the woman on the cast was like, Wait, that doesn't sound relevant at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, so, so was it a joke, or did someone actually, does someone keep track of that random oh, stuff? Oh, I'm pretty confident it was a joke. <laughs> and if it was not, I thought it was. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> but. but yeah, and then, uh, so Ben and I quickly looked at um, YouTube when he revealed to me he hadn't watched the whole game, and we watched yeah. the last two goals, which were... Interesting. The first yeah. one for Columbus came off of a rugby scrum, basically. Yeah, it turned into a rugby it. match all of a sudden. I didn't know Asheville started a, a rugby team, too. Hey, they could keep expanding, man. They already <laughs> got a men's soccer team, women's soccer team. Why not rugby? The rugby soccer league. Yeah. Mm. It's probably a thing. Actually, rugby soccer league doesn't make any sense. I think that's... Uh, Is that Gaelic football? football? Yeah. <laughs> the Gaelic football league. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. Um but yeah, how was the uh, the men's game? The men's game was good. I uh, did watch all of it. Um, it um, to be honest with you though, I'm kind of surprised Tri City Otters didn't win. Really? Like they lost two to one, but 
from what I saw, they had a lot more chances and they just couldn't finish them. Uh, a lot of it, though, was honestly because Asheville was defending really well. But mm. it just seemed like, like I didn't see any stats or anything, but it felt like Tri-City had a lot more chances. And even the first goal for Asheville was a beautiful header by a Tri-City Otter player. <laughs> like, it was so good. I thought it was their goal. And I had just not been paying attention properly to the first yeah. 10 minutes of the game. I was like, hang on. what? But it was like a beautiful header. Went in the goal. But it was for the wrong team. Mm-hmm. And so Asheville went up 1-0. And um, my favorite highlights from uh, Mystery Soccer 3000 had to be them guessing the three cities that the Tri-City Otters represented. <laughs> I believe their guess was Houston, Seattle, and Detroit. But um, I, I, to be honest, I can't remember Tri-City's goal. Like, their actual goal, but I believe it was after everyone else's. Yeah, I don't remember, but they we did have the goal of the season already. Oh, my God. From, I can't remember how they pronounced his name. It was E-G-L-E. It was like, egg, I, want, I swear it sounded like Eggly. Paul, I don't think it's Eagle. Sorry, Paul, if you're listening. But your goal was beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. It was God. like a almost half a field shot, it seemed like. Yeah, just a, like you know, a half volley? Well, like he, uh, what's a half volley? Like it's where like he touches it once in a... I think you touch it once and then you flick it. It was that. Yeah, okay, that yeah. definitely happened. Uh, the camera didn't quite catch the ball going in the net, but from all the screams and yeah. where the ball was once the camera did make its way over there, you could tell it was a beautiful goal. It was wild. So, yeah, um, it was definitely interesting. I'm curious to see, one, um, what Asheville fans think about that game as far as – because, like I said, I really do feel like Tri-City should have won. Like, yeah. a lot of good, like, last-second – efforts from the defensive players to like slide tackle and get the ball mm. rather than man some great goals uh goalkeeping and uh the ball i swear hit the the post several times for tri cities mm. did wow. they mention who was playing for them because i know the ladies were playing with uh some like high school players oh yeah yeah, yeah. Time, like so. at some point yeah. it was that um i didn't really notice at the beginning like who were high school or not but i know like a, a goalkeeper came in around the 70th minute Mm. Uh, and it was kind of weird because it was right after um, Tri-Cities had scored their goal. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't because they scored. It was just took in a minute. I believe they said he oh, was yeah. like 15 years old or maybe wow. 16. Very young. That's really young. And uh, I can't remember his name, but they said that he was going up to D.C. United's Academy. Mm. Yeah, so it was pretty wow. cool. So, yeah, I'm sure that was some of it too. Really but I'm curious to see how both because Tri-Cities compete in one of the divisions we follow on the uh, League 2 side. And, of course, mm. Asheville City does this year. Yeah. True. But uh, that was it for the games this week. Uh, for next week, the only game that really is available to stream is uh, Greenville FC's first uh, match of the NPSL season. They're playing the New England Revolution. Mm, I don't think they're in New England. Oh, yeah, never mind. It's the, it's the Georgia Revolution. Like, I didn't know uh, Greenville FC like just one-upped everybody and went all the way to MLS straight away. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, that would be some breaking news. Yeah, right. They, uh, they, there's another team in Georgia. But we think the the Georgia Revs um, do in fact have a um, streaming service. We're not sure. I think they're, they're on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. So uh, you guys should be able to catch it there. It's um, on Saturday night at uh, seven thirty. Mm. Next week, I have an awesome interview for you guys. Uh, ben didn't Ooh. join me again because he's lame, and we're probably going to have to record last second, like we're doing now for the outro again. <laughs> but. I have an awesome interview with Lee Morris. Lee Morris is the head coach of the South Carolina United Bantams in USL League Two. He is also the uh, Eastern Conference 
head director of scouting for USL League Two. Mm. Uh, what does that mean? You're going to have to find out next week when I ask them all about it, along Teaser. with the cool stuff that's going on in South Carolina. So, Ben, um, that's pretty much it as far as soccer-y talk. Uh, who is your BGN Podcast of the Week? My weekly BGN Podcast of the Week. Which is weekly. <laughs> it is uh, Mongols, which is a podcast... About the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, mm-hmm. not about Genghis Khan. Um, it's a little disappointing, though. I really like the podcast about Genghis <laughs> did Khan. Did I ever tell you what, why it's called a Mongol? You did not. It's uh, it's interesting. I, I honestly was like, okay, cool. It's like that's what a three-headed dog is, or something, because that's kind of their symbol. I think it's like yeah, Cerebus or whatever. Yeah, but it is um, so you know the river behind or to the side of uh, Highmark Stadium. Yes, it is called. Uh, the Mon River, I think, or maybe it's oh. Mon something or Mon, something. yeah. But uh, it originated when uh, I guess the the huge fence they have now, yeah, wasn't as grandiose oh. um, previously. So when the ball went into the river, it was a Mon goal. Oh. Yeah, and I heard that while listening That's to the cool. podcast, which is they actually talk about talk about soccer as well. On oh, podcast. okay, very good. Um, but it's also uh, one. I think it's like the original. BGN podcast technically because it is uh, it was started by Mike Sparks, mm. the founder, CEO, president, all the I'm sure he's the accountant too of, mm. of BGN. But uh, yeah, it's it's a very good podcast. But the Pittsburgh Riverhounds mm. and they're gonna they're actually gonna be starting to do some like localized Pittsburgh type of talk oh, as well. That's cool. So it'll be interesting. It's gonna be a new thing they're gonna be doing. So listen to. Mongols. I tried really hard to figure out a punishment for you for the first, I don't know, seven people to subscribe to Amateur Hour. We're using the code word Amateur Hour to Mongols. Um, I can't think of one, so uh, listeners, uh, you pick. Whatever you want Ben to do, mm. he has to do it. That's it. I'll, I'll come up with a less lady one next week, I promise. So, um, yeah, now we're saying bye. So, um, bye-bye. <laughs>